Merry Christmas, guys, and welcome to the Forgotten Jesus podcast. Cue Christmas music. Nice. Just a little uh, heads up. This episode, this bo- these bonus episodes on Christmas may not be kid-friendly. So mm. if Why you... Well, I'm just saying you never yeah. know what's going to happen in these bonus episodes. So if you have children, just use parent discretion no, while listening it, to this. You mean if you have children, you may ruin their Christmas understanding of... That is exactly what I mean. Well, yes. but it's not going to have anything to do with Santa Claus. Well, or, you never... I don't even know what I'm going to say in this episode. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, that's true. This, <laughs> is, this is a disclaimer for right. myself. Okay. Not for you and Candy. I don't okay. worry about anything Candy's going to say. Okay. All right. Well, Pastor, uh, as you think of the title for this episode real quick, go ahead. Throw out your nativity scene that you bought at Lowe's, the inflatable one. Pastor, what are we talking about today? Yeah, well, don't throw it out just yet. You just may have to rearrange the scene. <laughs> As we learn, uh, we will learn uh, in a future episode that Mary and Joseph did not come down on a donkey. Okay. Because they didn't have money, but you'll have to wait for that. Uh, but we're going out of order just to help you prepare for Christmas. And I think this will help us just get our hearts and minds right. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, Candace, and we will read the story of the birth of Jesus. Starting in what verse? uh, We'll start in verse, um, we'll start in verse one, just for context. Chapter two, verse one, and you will read through um, verse seven. Let's see if we get to seven. Okay. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Cornier... Quirinius. Quirinius was governoring Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, mm. because he was of the house and the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Ooh, okay, a lot going on here. A couple of things I want to share, just uh, big picture things about the birth. Um, You have to realize Mary and Joseph are coming down from Nazareth to Bethlehem, not for income tax registration, which is wrongly. I have, all right. I've, you've already well, thrown off what I thought. Well, some people think it's for income tax or, or personal tax. It's actually we we believe property taxes. Uh, Why in okay. the world would a how in the world would an eight month eight and a half month pregnant woman be required to go for income? She could stay where she is, but you have to come back to the property. Joseph's family's from Bethlehem. He has to be counted with the family, so okay. they come back. There's no room in the inn. Okay, and the end back then was a little different with what we think. This is not a Motel Six leaving the light on for them, mm-hmm. you know, no room because everybody's there. The, the, I have a question already. Sorry, already. you know what's funny is when my boys listen to the podcast <laughs> with Candy and me, they think it's hilarious that Mom always has random questions that sidetrack me. But I love the. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm I love not trying question, to but. sidetrack you. I'm just trying to understand something. Okay. So how do we know there was an in? Because in the text, it says, in this text, there was no guest room available for them. Okay, the room, the word room. Is in? In, yeah, yeah. See, look, I didn't even yeah, it's tell good. you that. Uh, there's a, <laughs> tr- <laughs> um, there are two Greek words. The word here is um, ka- katalima is one word for in, and the other word is pan, pandochin, pandochian. 
uh, I don't know how to say these words. I just have them in my notes. Um, and basically, this was a guest room. Okay, so so here's how it works. Uh, there were certain rooms, there were certain houses built in the form of a rectangle, and they were free for travelers to live in or stay in overnight. Because you got to remember, they traveled. They couldn't call ahead. And right. They were always traveling uh, to different places for festivals and things. So they built these guest room inns, if you will, for people who traveled. In the center of this rectangular building was a courtyard. As um, I think Josephus says, the courtyard was there for the burden of the beast or, or the beast of burden which would have been their animals that they travel with or sheep or goats. Okay. So okay. you would put the animals in the middle and then you would just stay in a room without furniture in, in the sides. The problem was th th it was overcrowded because right. of the census. Mm -hmm. So there was no room for them. There were no free rooms hmm. for them to stay. Yeah, but you know, this is very bothersome to me. Okay. Because she's obviously far along pregnant because she eventually gives birth while she's there. Okay. And... Like if we were somewhere today in a waiting room, let's say, and the room was completely full, right? And an eight-month pregnant lady walks in. You got Andrew. We're getting up to give her our seat if there are no seats. Are we not? We are, but God's plan, it had to happen this way. Well, no, I get no but that. her point is but from I'm, a human perspective. Well, I know that, like but how, I'm saying. How does a family not see her and say, Oh like my the, gosh. Like the Boltons are perfect example. If the Boltons knew this lady was pregnant, needed oh, a place, yeah, you sure. would immediately would say, be out of the house. For Ash, sure. Let's go. Jenny, yeah. We Jenny can camp out here. Yeah. And <laughs> take can, yeah. But, and I mean, obviously there's spiritual We live in a fallen here. world, Candy. Yes. But no, it's you're like, actually leading me down. I knew you were going to say this. Really? And I let you lead us down this road because this is a good road. Why do you think? Well, and we okay. should we should be mindful of this type of thing today is what I'm saying. Okay, no, when, you're exactly right. we see somebody... In need of something, right? We let them chivalry. Yes, respect. Honor. I mean, it's like this. This woman. Okay, one little caveat is going to change your perspective. Let me give you one. What? Little, yes, let me give you one. Let me give you one little insight that's going to change it all. Okay, okay? God has a system set up uh, that that is surrounded that surrounds a woman, particularly in a connection with blood. When a woman bleeds monthly or during birth, she by proxy or necessity or by situation becomes, quote, unclean. unclean. Right. So for Mary, and this is a this is a this is an observation. I think there's some legs to this. Mary and Joseph are coming. She is just moments from giving birth. And if Mary goes to the room or the inn, now the entire place is unclean in a sense because of the blood discharge. And now they have to purify themselves for six, seven days before uh, they can enter back into society and be around. So that is that is one speculation why. Because you're thinking, what is wrong with this innkeeper? There's no room in the inn. You make room in the inn. Well, did people have to pay to stay at the inn? No, it was free. Oh, it was free. It was free. for travel. That's what I'm saying. It was free for travelers. Because they had to travel so much. Because they were traveling so much. So they had these rooms to come and go. Now, what did they do? They had to resort to going to a stable. Mm -hmm. Now, don't think of American farming stables with nice, luscious hay and clean, you know, floors. I have a stable right now. It is not nice and luscious, by okay. the way. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, like, it's still yeah. not incredibly okay. nice. Okay, well, but this would be either a, gr a bunch of rocks piled up in the form of, like, a rectangle for sheep 
to go in okay. and you would, you know, close the door off three sided or m- m- most often, and this is probably what it was, it's a cave. Mm-hmm. So think of a cave that is connected to a home. So they had a home with people living there. And then off of the home, there was this cave, this stable where the animals would stay. So Jesus and Mary, Joseph, more most likely are there at the time of the birth of Jesus. They're in this cave with the animals, particularly sheep and goats in this in this cave. So that's what's happening here, okay? So you go there, and the Bible says that when they go there, there's no room in the end, so they're, they're resorting to the cave. The question is, why are they in Bethlehem? This is the question we're going to answer. <clears throat> why Bethlehem? Why not Jerusalem? Why not uh, Samaria? Why not Galilee? Why Bethlehem? I mean, my simple answer goes to, because that's where God said, the Messiah was going to come. No, that's exactly right. God said the Messiah would come from Bethlehem, Micah chapter five, verse two. two. You, Bethlehem, the smallest Mm, of tribes, Ephratite. What, even a blip on the map, was it? like a prophecy? Well, Bethlehem was compared to Nazareth. Nazareth wasn't a blip on the map. Nazareth, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. No, Bethlehem was a Mm -hmm. pretty prominent place that was known for certain things. Okay. Before I get to what it's known for, let's just back up. Okay. Let's back up. Uh, I want to teach you how to think like a Hebrew. And we may have done this early, early on in the podcast, but I want to revisit it because it'll bring this to life. Okay? You're going to make us shut our eyes? Maybe. Mm. I already know. Fresh baked bread. bread. Hold on. Let's, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let's get, you're getting ahead of yourself. Sorry, I remember okay. of- Let me just repeat this for those so you can feel the weight up. For those who've already heard this, obviously. All right. I want you to think this is the main difference between Western American, Greek, Roman-influenced, majority listeners of this podcast and the Eastern, uh, Middle Eastern, um, Jesus, Jewish culture of the, the, the world Jesus lived in and Mary and Joseph lived in. There's a big difference in the way they thought and the way they looked at concepts. Okay. So in Western American culture, what we do is we explain things or describe things in bullet points, outlines, theological treatises, long exhortations. That's, that's why when you look at a systematic theology book, it is enormous. It's an orderly account as well. Yeah, normally orderly account. But it's words, you know, it's right. it's things that you, I mean, it's words used to describe things. The Eastern culture, in contrast, does not necessarily use long exhortations to describe concepts. They use pictures. Mm-hmm. They use images, illustrations, okay? I'll show you the difference. If you go to um, an American uh, seminary today, let's say you go to seminary, and you ask them this question, describe God in one word for me. Give me a description of God in one word. They would normally say things like what? Sovereign. Sovereign's it's a great funny one. you said that one. That's what I say. Yeah. Okay. What would you say? Andrew? Holy. Holy's a good one. What's another one? Good. If you're loving. listening. Good. Loving. If you want to impress your friends. Omniscient. Omnipresent. Ah, you go with the omnis. You go with the omnis. Omnipresent. Omniscient. Omnipotent. Mm-hmm. Right? All-powerful. All-knowing. Uh, always there. Uh, so here, here's the thing. All of those things are right, but that's a very Western American way to do it. You're giving words. Now, right. close your eyes for just a moment. And if you're driving, don't do this, but close your eyes for just a moment. Those who haven't been closed. My eyes are closed. Those who haven't closed their eyes already, close your eyes. Uh, and I want to just describe those words to you. And you tell me what you see, Andrew. Uh, God is Holy. God is omnipotent. Yeah, I mean, omniscient. I can, I can just see the word righteous. Itself. 
Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, open your eyes. That's what I see, right? Yeah, yeah. Righteous. Okay, I see the word righteous. Omnipotence, mm-hmm. omniscience. I mean, like, I don't even know how they spell it, but, yeah. but I see that kind of word. Okay, that's the major difference between the Jewish culture because when you go to a Jewish yeshiva today, mm-hmm. which is a school, and you ask the children or ask the students, describe to me God in a word. Guess what they say? God is what? A rock. A rock. God is running water. God is like an eagle's wing. God is bread. Now, before I show you the illustration, who talked like that? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom Mm. of heaven is like a man who goes and buys a field. The kingdom (laughs) of heaven is like a pearl of great price. The kingdom of heaven is like a sun who comes. So, so, so what he's talking about is images. So close your eyes again for just a moment, and I want to show you the difference here. If I say these words, what comes to mind? What do you see? God is a rock. I can see a rock. Living water. Mm. Eagle's wing. Fresh baked bread. Okay, now open your eyes. What you see is, mm-hmm. not only do you see the thing, but you can feel it. Right. It's a motive. Just remember this. The Hebrew language is a motive. It, it stirs up emotions and feelings right. within. It just builds something up inside of you, right? Jesus always said things like this. I'm the living water. Mm-hmm. I'm the door. I'm the pathway to life. I am the light of the world. I mean, these are all pictures. I am a good shepherd. I am a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good a shepherd. I'm a I mean, you see it. It's everywhere now, right? And then Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you linger long enough, you could actually smell the bread, right? You can actually, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> now, why is that important? Because one of those motifs, one of those illustrations is an illustration that has a thread that begins all the way back in the Old Testament, okay? God brings the nation out of Israel. They get to a place where immediately they're hungry. I mean, this is a food bill, you gotta remember, for a million to two million wow. people coming out of Egypt. That's, mm-hmm. that's the rough estimate. Two million people. Imagine a congregation you have to feed. Mm-hmm. You used to take kids on student trips to camp, right, oh, Andrew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you stopped at the McDonald's or wherever oh, to feed, I mean, those bus stops were the oh, worst. I got four different places trying to wrangle all these kids. Yeah, and then feed them Never and right. pay the bill and trying get them out the back. Keep them from making out behind the McDonald's. Oh boy, here we go. Wow, kind of I'm student, just saying, kind of youth group is this? Yeah. Okay, I mean, but but that's true, right? So imagine, I mean, that was a you know eighty, fifty, you know whatever four. Imagine. Yeah. A million, two million. You got to feed these people. So God says, all right, I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to teach you a principle. Before you get into the wilderness, you have to know for life. This is Mm -hmm. way bigger than your stomach. This is for satisfaction, sustenance. So God says, I'm going to bring down manna or bread from Mm -hmm. heaven, and you're going to eat this bread, and it's going to satisfy you. So Exodus chapter 16, you remember, God's going to sustain them. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is going to say, man shall not live by bread alone, bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus is basically saying bread is important. Right. Bread is not just for the stomach. Bread is the word of God. It's going to satisfy. It's going to sustain you. It's going to grow you. It's going to feed you. You can't grow as a Christian. Get this. Unless you're, you have a regular 
diet of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Your life has to be saturated with the word of God, right? Okay. Now, why is that important? Because bread was a big deal. Jesus even does a few miracles. Right. With what? With bread and fish. With bread and fish. Yeah, we're going to get to these eventually, but the bread of the feeding of the 5,000 and the Mm -hmm. bread of the feeding of the 4,000 is actually a reenactment of something that happened in the Old Testament. Oh, wow. You remember this? No, but I'm just... I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah, so Jesus is going to take a little and he's going to multiply into a lot to feed everyone Mm -hmm. on a microcosm level. Just like Moses took basically nothing and through God's help multiplied manna. God multiplies Mm -hmm. and feeds people and satisfies people. So what Jesus is doing is, as the new Moses, remember, is Jesus is showing us that just like Moses satisfied you through God with bread from heaven, I'm going to satisfy you with bread, just similar to Moses. Okay, so you see these connections, but it's even deeper than that. Jesus says, not only is this bread good, but I am the what? Bread of life. Anyone who eats of me will never be hungry hungry again. So Jesus now says, you thought it was about bread. You thought it was about food. It it is about the word, but it's actually about me. I am the bread of life. Now, why am I belaboring the point? Of all the cities Mm -hmm. that Jesus could have been born into, he is born into Bethlehem. Have you ever thought about this? Why Bethlehem? Well, yeah, God said it, Micah 5, but it's more than that. If you take the two words, Bethlehem in Hebrew, and you break them apart, you actually have two words. Beit Lechem or Lechem. Mm. Beit Lechem. Beit is a popular word. We know about this word all through the Old Testament. Right. Beit is the word for what? Or bet. Bet house. or bait. House. House, house of. of. Right. The Beit Adonai. The Bet Adonai. Beit Sephur. Beit Sephur. Beit Midrash. Right? So it's house of. Okay? So the house of Lechem, Lechem mm. is what? Bread. Bread. How cool is this? That was a guess, by the way. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, well, you're, you're, you're following along. Listen. So of all of the towns that Jesus could have been born into, sovereignly planned by God, wow. hmm. in the Old Testament, God is going to have Jesus come, his son, into a town that was known to the people as uh, the house of bread or a bread wow. factory. Hmm. If you have a child born in the bunny bread factory... <laughs> Anybody remember Bunny Bread? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Bunny I Bread. I love Bunny Bread. I, used to, I grew up on Bunny Bread. I'll get you some for Christmas. We don't, this, I, this I, don't see Christmas it. I don't see it much anymore. But yeah, okay. So if someone's born in the Bunny Bread factory, you're going to say, okay, something is, is, is going on here bigger than just happenstance, okay? So God is showing us. What do you think God is showing us by having his son born in the Bread Factory House of Bread Town? Just like bread satisfies your hunger and saturates your cravings, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, my son, will satisfy your soul and sustain your spiritual life. Yeah. Right? I think that physical bread and hunger will only last for a minute, like it's temporal. Mm. Well, Jesus will satisfy you for eternity. Oh, that's good. Bunny bread available, available for two seventy eight at Walmart. Wow. wow. Two seventy eight. But he, Jesus, will only do that for you if you make room for him. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, because, yeah, in the end, Kenny's back to the end. Yeah, mm. and a little sidebar, you've heard preachers share this, and I've even preached this myself, but I've always wondered who was that innkeeper? 
that didn't make room, right? Like, why, why is this guy not giving up his house or why don't you making room in the end? It's too overcrowded, too many things here. And then I've realized that the room key, the innkeeper's name has been anonymous for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's remain, mm-hmm. He's remaining anonymous for a reason. Why? Because you and I are the innkeeper at times become the innkeeper. Wow. We crowd Jesus out of our own hearts with things and possessions and wants and mm-hmm. too uh, busy, too crowded, too yeah. busy, too crowded, too many, too many uh, uh, activities going. So as we prepare for Christmas, one thing to ask yourself is: Is there too many things going on in the end of your heart? Right. It's good. In the room of your heart, are you making room for Jesus? Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's pick up Luke chapter two, verse eight, because now we have Jesus coming to be born in Bethlehem, and then all of a sudden this birth announcement goes out to the most unlikely of people. I mean, these are like the last guys on the planet back then you would expect to hear about the birth of God's son. Okay. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Okay, so a couple insights here we're going to talk about, okay? What we're going to see is the shepherds are going to reveal the purpose of Jesus' ministry, and the clothing is going to reveal the the plan and the death of Jesus's ministry wow. all wrapped up no pun intended into into one section okay so let's begin here with the shepherds if you are let's say you have a new baby coming on the way andrew okay cool. let's say jenny calls you and says andrew mm. andrew mm. let's little, use candy let's use candy no we're example. done candy we're calls done. you no we're Robbie done Robbie would pass out right on the yeah, spot. Yeah, so would I. Pass out. Yeah, pass out. But you're younger than me, Andrew, so you have true. You got more energy than I do. So let's say Jenny Kajian says, we just found out we're having a girl. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, he wouldn't know what to do with a girl because no, he's no got all boys. Her. But let's just say we're having a girl, and you're super excited, and what do you do? You send birth announcements out to who? Who are you going to send them to? Mm. Our family. Friends and family. Family, friends, yeah. co-workers, Pastor, you and Candy, y'all come to the celebration, okay? We're going to have a girl. Now, let's say you are not the Boltons, but you're actually British royalty. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just stepped it up a notch. I did. And you are Prince William, (laughs) and your wife is Princess Kate. And you are going to have... And I'm bald. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm bald. And your son, Prince George, is coming. Okay. okay, you're going to have Prince George, little so boy. No longer a girl. Now no longer a girl, but now you're having a boy because it just fits the illustration. Okay. okay, so who are you now as British royalty sending out these birth announcements to? You're the, the world ro- at this point. The monarchy of, right. of Britain, right? Okay. You're sending them out to the world. You're not going to send them out to the boat captains at the mm-hmm. dock. Right. Okay. You're not sending them out to the cab, with all due respect, to the cab driver's on yeah. the streets. Uh, of, They'll get it along with everybody else, but they're not the yeah. intentional target. They're not the first people. Yeah, right. uh, okay, let's back up. Who's the first person you're sent to? It's not any of these. Right. It's not the fishermen who are out at sea, okay, mm-hmm. with all due respect. You are sending golden-leafed, insignia-stamped envelopes 
to the highest forms right. of kings and, mm -hmm. and queens and princes and royalty, uh, sealed envelopes to the political leaders of the United Nations. The national media comes and documents this announcement to the world. Yeah. Okay, If that's what happens in British royalty, right. let's take it an infinite step higher. The God of the universe is going to have a son, mm -hmm. and he's going to announce to the world, he's going to announce the coming of himself, his son, the one who created all things. Everything you see, he's created all these things. So he's going to say, let me announce to the world, and I'll start with, who does he start with? You would think the king, the, the, the golden leaked envelopes that are sent to uh, the... Um, the, the court of Herod. Right. The Herod probably, <laughs> king yeah. Herod needs to know. Or yeah. uh, golden leaf announcements sent mm -hmm. out to the haughty toddy of the world. Or uh, we're going to have a parade that goes through the town to announce the, 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 the coming of the Messiah, the Son of God, or, or the royalty of the world. Uh, the heads of Israel, the Sanhedrin, obviously has to know about this. The Pharisees, let's get them involved. Or the Sadducees, surely they need to know. The priest of Israel. No. When God himself comes to the world. He overlooks the Essenes, mm -hmm. the Herodians, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and he decides to send his announcement to who? Look what the text says. The shepherds. The shepherds. Now, it's hard for us to understand this because in modern uh, or in Old Testament times, shepherds were very respected. Mm -hmm. King David, obviously, we glamorize Micah. Right. We, we glamorize the Amos. We glamorize these shepherds, right. right? But in Jesus's day, they were detestable and despised individuals. Right. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Nobody, nobody had a desire to be a shepherd for a number of reasons. Dirty, I mean, smelly, lonely. Yes, hanging out with sheep. It's a lowly yes. position. Yeah, it was a low. Well, it was a lowly position in David's day in the Old Testament. It was esteemed. Yeah. But by the time of Jesus's day, it was rejected and despised. So Why? next week, here's where well, we're going to talk about that next week because I want to leave you with a cliffhanger. <laughs> next week, what we're going to, I want you to do in the meantime, I want you to to do some research yourself, and I want you to figure out why. No chat GPT, Andrew, you have to I was wait. I looking up right now. No. Uh, why were shepherds rejected in the time of Jesus? Why were they unable to testify in court? Why were they looked down upon? And you're going to uh, figure that out. And next week, we'll come back and we'll answer the question, why shepherds? And what does the tightly wrapped cloth around Jesus have to do with his death, burial, resurrection. Ooh, talk about a cliffhanger. Okay, well, we hope you have enjoyed this first bonus episode for the Christmas season. We'll have one more coming at you next week. Pastor, thank you. Candy, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.